It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Aye, like, like that Catholic white wing wear. Yeah, aye, aye. Like that. Yes, week, Sudova Shame but Celtic make a meal out of their Europa League qualifier. Boyata's back and Hamilton are beaten and we've got the Huns on the horizon. All this and more on this episode of 20 Minute Tins. Hello and welcome to episode 147 of 20 Minute Tins. I'm joined this week by Melly. Hello. And we have a special guest, Coach Crumb Stephen is on holiday and we're joined by Gilly from the History Boys. How you doing? I'm good, I'm just here to make up the, the bold uh, figures. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> I wasn't here so I'd uh, fill in for him. <laughs> You're on History Boys Abroad, um, tell people a wee bit about that, that podcast. Uh, we, we try to look into some unique times in Celtic's history, um, go, go back um, as far as uh, the 1800s and we try and just pick things that aren't so obvious so we haven't done like Larson or Lubo and things like that. Just things that maybe people uh, haven't heard about so much. We've um, we've got episodes now covering every decade of Celtic, so we want to go back and hear about the Exhibition Cup or Craig Bellamy's loan time. Um, they're all there in the archives. That's a that's a sort of periodical, isn't it? You just do it as and when, because obviously they're doing a lot of research into it and stuff. It's not every week. Yeah, that's it. We we've got guys in uh, one in Australia, uh, somebody in Spain. So with the time difference and things like that, and uh, the kind of studying and looking into it. We find it a wee bit difficult to get organised, but all going well. We should be doing one on Liam Brady tomorrow night. Oh, next one, next one. Have you done this? Have you done the Seville run? Yes, uh, Tony and I think Gary uh, done that in some detail over two podcasts, uh, maybe about a year ago. So that one's there if people want to give that a listen. So they could go back and listen to your cover of Seduva, and then we are going to cover Seduva right. on, on this week. Flawless um, link. Did you like that? Man. I know that's, that's why I'm paid the zero bucks. <laughs> um, Melee. What did you What did you think of Seduva? First of all, let's talk about Boyata's nonsense before the game again. So, just for those who don't know, the Boyata soap opera. Where did we get to with him before Seduva? Was he He was playing, wasn't he? Or he was fit to play but didn't travel. Fit, pictured training. Yes, that was. That's right. So he was. He was pictured training at Celtic Park. Wasn't at Celtic Park, but didn't travel to Seduva because he was unable to play or whatever. For the second time, he was unable to play. It's no good. It's it is no good. And judging by the game, we really could have done well. But going looking at the game, we shouldn't need Dedrick Boyata. No. To beat Seduva. 
it's going to be another negative one for me tonight. Is it? Yes, it's no that, good. That'll be, that'll I'm be, not that'll enjoying be watching the hoops right now. Hey, how much of a factor do you think the lack of Bayata played in the Suduva game? Unfortunately, I think uh, it was quite prevalent that we're missing a leader at the back and somebody to kind of organise us, and it was really shown by that goal, I think. Gordon is probably at fault for it mainly, but if we had a strong centre-half there, he could have even, he could have probably won that header, which is what I would have expected, and Gordon's come out and flapped at it completely. The, the point is, though, Melly, it was another sort of defensive disaster for, for players that really should know well. I mean, who, who, what was the centre-back? It was Joe's on higher, wasn't it? Yep. Uh, Jose went off injured again it's just this shaky defence is having an effect on the whole team absolutely because yeah. it's it's a shambles right now it's just it's basics pure basics we're letting in goals from that that's not even a great ball in no and it's a, just a guy running round the back I think it might have been Gamboa letting go so I wouldn't expect to see him again unfortunately for <laughs> Steven it seems, yeah. seems to be one mistake and Gamboa loses his place and Lustig makes many mistakes and oh. gets to keep it Right now, it's like, or for after that game, it's kind of the centre half's a problem because Bayata wasn't there. But the right back's still a problem yeah. defensively. And unfortunately, after Gordon's flat the other night, the, the, the goalkeeper could be viewed as a slight problem. So essentially, uh, your back uh, five, if you include the keeper, you've only got Tierney who you can rely on. Yeah. Who's, who's your best? Who's your Of all the players available at the club right now, who's the best back for? For me, I would say Tierney, Ayer, I'm not going to say Boyata, um, <laughs> uh, Yozo, when he's fit, playing well, and Gamboa. Melly? I'd go Tierney, Boyata, Ayer, and Wustig. And uh, that's like the best of a bad bunch. I, I, as much as I not, it, it grates on me, that's probably what I, I would agree because you just I sort of have a bit more trust in those players, but they're not a bit. Uh, and saying that I think they could all be quite easily replaced Bartierney 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 yeah. um, wasn't it just out in the defence though in the Sudova game because we were pretty poor going forward as well you know we, we seem to really struggle and we lack of a bit of imagination when teams camp in we saw that against Hamilton which we'll talk about and then Sudova again uh, perfect start great start and Cham gets it out to Mikey Johnson nice great ball in and bang header Three minutes in, you're thinking, good, 2-3-0, 4-0 win here. Can rest players next week before the Huns game. But just after that, we just we had a couple of decent chances, but it was just simple. Uh, the pitch was bad, to be fair, but simple passes going astray. I mean, Ayer, Jozo, Scott Brown can't pass the ball five yards to their own man. It was just Even poor. in Cham, who you'd think is that touch of class in the yeah. midfield, who should be able to make these passes, was kind of letting us down. I think from what I'm seeing attacking is Mikey Johnson is the only one that's playing with a bit of freedom yeah. and he seems to be willing to try something a wee bit different. I, I kind of thought Brendan Rodgers' post-match comments were maybe directed at Mikey Johnson. Do you remember when he said um, after the match he criticised the defence for being awful and not defending with pride? You know, he, he basically flung the entire defence under the bus. But he criticised individuals. He says individuals were going off plan and they need to realise that they need to stick to my game plan and they're not good enough when they don't do that. And Part of me thought that was maybe him just being a bit harsh on Mikey Johnson, you know, telling him, like, I'm the manager, you need to do what I'm asking you. But I agree with you, Mark, or Gilly, I agree with you, because I think he was the only bright spark in the attack. I, I don't think it was uh, aimed at Mikey Johnson. I think it was aimed at the other players, because he said our aim was to leave the guys one-on-one out wide so they could beat their man and get the ball in, which means 
the centre midfielders or the strikers are coming over out wide blocking the space yeah. instead of leaving Johnson and Forrest one on one to beat their men Mikey Johnson done well but I'm glad to see him playing I think he's a good player but it's a strange game to throw in a young boy it for was, his first man. ever start I mean I, I, could you see that as a message to the board look look what I'm playing working with here I've, I've not got the players to be putting out here Scott Sinclair he's just I think he's lost trust in him now he's that looks like won it, too many yeah. games because I thought he'd done okay but he's not started at Thursday he didn't start uh, today at Hamilton so he's out of the picture and you're thinking if James Forrest gets injured who plays instead of him it's a, it's a big fall from last year when we seem to have an abundance of players yep. in these positions yeah. I worry about the midfield of Incham, Rogic and Brown although it didn't start during the week I think Rogers maybe seen that and that's why I dropped Rogic because we are missing an Armstrong type figure somebody that bursts into the box makes that run beyond is something that when your teams are camped in it's an extra player running into the box that we really don't have when we've not got an Armstrong type player. Can you think of any kind of Scottish players who <laughs> don't start? <laughs> I wonder how long it would take his name up. <laughs> but you remember when we were, it was Beaton, Rogic and Brown and Brendan Rogers' first season? It wasn't until Armstrong came in, came on against Rangers at Hamden. Yep. And those runs, that energy in midfield, that drive, we just we seem to be lacking that. We're a bit pedestrian in midfield, although. Cham Brown and Rogic are all good players and I don't necessarily know if it works with the three best players in there Rogic hasn't really kicked on from some great performances last year he's looking yeah. very jaded and I think the World Cup's um, partly to blame for that and it's hard because we really need him but we're not getting the best of him right now at all I don't think I think we can touch on this in the Hamilton game as well but McGregor sort of playing left of the midfield two or three I don't mm. think that works for him either I think I think we are a bit disjointed a bit disjointed in there but Back to Sedova, I mean, do you think they'll pose any problem for us coming coming back on Thursday? I mean, that is a they they are they are poor. I mean, that's as poor a team I've seen at, at that level of European. I, I would say they're kind of on the level of like Motherwell, yeah, at the very best. But I, I think at, at Celtic Park we should be we, we should we should be quite comfortable. I'd expect two or three 0 I think the problem we've put ourselves in there is if we went over as you said, Melian boots to beat Sedova three 0 we could rest games for the home less players for the home game. Yeah. And be fresh for the hands coming, but now we've got to probably play players like Dembele or Enchanted. We probably would have wanted left out of this game, and, and they're going to have to play. Yeah, we're, we're struggling now. We don't really have any players on form, and it's really shown in a lot of games. I mean, looking at the Hamilton game today, one Brendan Rodgers signed and started that game, so you can see why it was turgid because that's what it was like under Dyla, and that's all the players that are playing today. It's that's what five transfer windows he's had that's not good enough yeah yeah. I would think with the amount of transfer windows he's had that the team would be a lot different from what it's been the last kind of 18 months essentially the one that's the, the double treble with the nucleus of the same team apart from Encham being the only real player first team yeah. player I would say and Edouard made an impact in the last few months of the season but with all the transfer windows he's had and the, the comings and goings he's, he's not really changed the team that much and I think a two-year spell is as much as a, a team should re- will really have. It's this is the summer we should be bringing in two or three players to kind of change the team, so it does look that bit different. It is that fresher. Well, you you said that you said it, Gilly. You know, Brendan Rodgers said it as well. He says, now, 
I'm, I'm starting to lose a, not lose patience with Brendan Rodgers but I feel by this point he's made his point he doesn't need to keep feeding the press lines and feeding lines about how he's disappointed with the club's transfer business again during the midweek he was saying you know two, two of my three targets have gone and the third one being Edward um, Melly we ask this every week on this podcast but we are now entering the final week of the transfer window um, looking back what do you think can you put your finger on what the problem's been um, why why we've struggled to recruit and do you think we're going to bring MD in for the for the closing couple of days if the two of the three signings he got Edward so the other two what do you think was the right back Puccini and John McGinn probably but that doesn't but that doesn't address the centre the centre exactly defense. maybe there's another position maybe it wasn't they two but even if you get them in that's that's still not addressing the p- positions that need replaced you there still was talk of the guy Newcastle signed as well the switch sure. uh, yeah. was saying that essentially that was kind of he uh, would put a bid in but he kind of held off knowing that he could get a, a better deal after World Cup what so was it you're a new, new voice in this pod Gilly what do you think if you could come up with a scenario that's led to Celtic struggling so difficult struggling so much in the transfer window what do you what would you put it down to there seem to be as if there's some internal conflict uh, between the people that make the decisions and everyone's saying it's between Rodgers and Lawwell which I, I don't know if it's directly between those two or it's, it's a, tra- a transfer committee which two years ago 18 months ago everyone was talking about Celtic would be having that approach so I, I don't know who's who's on that committee or if the committee exists but there, there's certainly issues there where they don't all seem to be signing off the same hymn sheet I think I don't have any I mean we don't have any inside knowledge on this podcast mainly of any description but I think if I was to come up with a scenario I think that Brendan Rodgers and Lee Congerton are coming up with, with targets and taking them to the board and the board kind of get these guys over the line um, the reason I say that was there was quite a peculiar incident during the week there Melly, and with Jason Denier his move to Turkey fell through he got back in touch with us this was all out in the press he got back in touch with us and ended up signing for Leon, and then as soon as he signed for Leon, Stephen McGowan, who is quite close to things at Celtic, tweeted that he'd signed for Leon for two million quid a year after tax. His wages getting leaked out by a Scottish journalist tells me that that came from Celtic, and that tells it me that, sense, and that tells me that was Peter Lowe putting his side of the argument out, saying, "Look, Man City wanted four or five million for Denier. We could afford the five million. We couldn't afford the two million pound a year after tax." And I really think that's... I think Brendan Rodgers is going to the board with players of a, a quality that he wants to bring to the club. And the board are saying to him, we can't afford this. And then to make things worse, they're going, we can afford John McGinn. He's going, okay, fine, go get John McGinn. And then they make an arse of the John McGinn. And Brendan Rodgers is going, you, you literally can't get anything right. You're probably right on the wages. The the thing with the players down in England, the, the money going nuts down there. We, we What can we... Get? 35 grand a week is probably our maximum the, the problem with that again with that is you're right you are right but the problem with that is if we bring somebody in on 35 grand a week footballers brains the way they work Gilly is Forrest and Brown and these guys and Tierney will start going that's what I deserve oh, where's yeah. my 35 grand yeah. a week it might, it might be the reason Forrest hasn't signed a new deal mm. but he's still only got a year left of his contract but Celtic have they've tied down Tierney they've tied down Rogic they have given players contracts and look what you get with this wage bill. You get almost guaranteed Champions League. You get a treble. You get a double treble. All the players Ben and Rogers have spent big money on are our best players. 
So you have to spend the one, two million pound players are the problems here. So there's a balance to be had because if you get into the Champions League, you recruit all the money. And the most great thing is really when you when you are playing these four qualifiers and you see the fact that Athens are now essentially qualified to Champions League, I think they're 2-0 up yeah. away from home. That could have been Celtic. Yep. And we weren't miles away from Athens. If anything, we had the best of both games. And all it would maybe have taken was one or two players of any quality. It could have been the difference. Absolutely. It's it is it's it is quite a difficult position we find at the moment to recruit from. Celtic seem to go through cycles, don't they? They went for ages trying to find a quality centre forward, you know, with the Banguras and the Baldies and the Rasmussens and all these guys for years and years we try to try to pick one up. We seem to be going through the same thing at centre half now, you know. The amount of people like the O'Connells and we're trying to hire back there. We look as if Hendry's a bit of a failed experiment. Comper, yeah. we're really we're really struggling in that position. Do you think that's a difficult position, or do you think we're looking in the wrong places? Eh, uh, a bit of both. There's definitely players out there. There's players out there. I just think they have to be identified better. I don't know how the scouting works, but to be in for that right back at the start of the summer. Where was the guy after that? So he was your top target. Where's the guy underneath that? Is that I, not how it's meant to work? You're meant to have plan A, plan B. I think on that, I think Brendan Rodgers doesn't want plan B. I think his point is, well, plan B is no good enough. So you, you made an answer plan A, so plan B is no good enough. Um, Scott McKenna, we linked to him last week. Uh, we didn't manage to speak about him on the pod just because it all sort of came out just after the pod was recorded. Uh, word this week that we're going back in for him, £6 million it's a, a lot of money to play. sure is it's a lot of money to be paying for somebody who I've seen play a few times and I can't really tell you much about them because they don't really catch the eye he's not really impressed that much at all Brendan Rodgers does like him Melly. That's, that's a fact Brendan Rodgers likes the boy he wanted to bring him in but Brendan said it looks like it's a, it's a dead it looks like he's not going anywhere that was last week though this week again there's talk that we want to go back in for him we want him in for the end of the window yeah it seems strange that we're going in for him I mean we could have went in for him at the start of the summer yep. so that seems to me he, he wasn't planning I don't think John McGinn and Scott McKenna are the guys Brendan Rodgers wants no I think Scott McKenna's a guy he thinks he's attainable he's the best we can get at this point in time I wouldn't rec- my ignorance but I wouldn't recognise the guy if he walked past me in the street I've seen him play a couple of times, but as Gary said, if I I need to see somebody like John McGinn when he stands out against Celtic, and I have never seen Scott McKenna stand out against Celtic. I think Scott McKenna's not had the opportunity to build hype around him um, the way McGinn did. I think what we're looking to try and do is get Scott McKenna in before he becomes the next Andrew Robertson or whatever, because he was linked to Swansea and West Ham in January, and those bids never came to fruition. I don't mind signing guys from Scotland. We've done it all my life and some of them have turned out really good players but I, I just don't see Scott McKenna being the answer he's 21 years old and is he the going price tag if Aye. we're talking north of 5 million well, I, I know a lot of people don't agree with this but Melly made the point earlier that these guys have been brought in two months ago we knew uh, what the games were coming and I don't know why we didn't just go for someone like John Terry to come in for a one year just someone who knows how to defend who could uh, 
bring on Ayer and bring on guys he's playing with. And you could even, if you brought him in, you can then look at getting someone else long term. He buys you another year to be looking for someone. How do you feel better. about the John Terry link? That's one that's been doing the rounds as well. Look at the job Colo Touré done. Got us into the Champions League and made us that money. John Terry, I don't know if he'd fit into the way, style of play we play, but he'd stop goals going in, that's for sure. And we, we really need that. Not, not, not for me, the John Terry no. one. Uh, not, not for me. I think he might just be a shade too old. A couple of years ago, maybe, I think he might be a shade too old. Mel, you says you don't mind recruiting players from Scotland. This is a brand new one that was just within the last hour or so we've been linked to Jordan Jones. Oh, for God's for sake. Come on. Uh, again, I understand we should be trying to get the best Scottish talent available, but I don't think that automatically means just buying the best players in Scotland for the here and now, because Jordan Jones is one that doesn't really... He doesn't impress me that much. No, doesn't. Decent player from what I've seen of him. He's played well in some games, but again, he's not standing out every week for Kilmarnock. And if that's that's what you have to do to make that step up to Celtic, you've seen guys like Gary Mackay, Stephen. If they're inconsistent for Dundee United, they're not going to be consistent for Celtic. The one thing that Jordan Jones has got is uh, bags of pace, and I think Rogers really likes that in his players. I think you're right. I think you're right. I just I'm looking at John Jones and I'm looking at Lewis Morgan and I'm looking at Mikey Johnson and I'm thinking, Forest, Forest, uh, is he better than these guys? Um, again, I'm just very reluctant to sign players from Scotland, mainly as you see, unless they're absolute standouts. Uh, Kieran Tierney done an interview, quite a big interview, I believe it was in the Herald during the week, where he was talking about you know how he, how he's hundred percent committed to Celtic, how the money that's available down south is absolutely life changing, but when you put it in perspective and look at the age he is now to the money he's earning at the moment he never ever thought that would be the case do you think that sort of puts everyone to bed do you think we can forget about Kieran Tierney moving on yes and I read it and I had a tear in my eye reading it it was he absolutely, absolutely loves Celtic boring. didn't he it does it just comes across like a fan absolutely brilliant the guy loves it he probably thought I'll come out and say this now and put it all to bed he never once came out and said he wanted to leave it was all paper talk it was all if he gets that offer he has to take it which Maybe he does, but it seems as if he's happy, and if he's happy, well, I'm happy. I'm, I'm sure he's done a similar interview within the last 12 months, maybe, and it, it just seems as if, no matter what he says or how many times he'll tell us, or tell everyone that he's committed to Celtic, the media are hell-bent in linking him with uh, most big clubs. The, the media absolutely love a story uh, here in Scotland, and there's a big one that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but before we get to that, we supposedly, I suppose we should talk about Hamilton. Uh, today, Hamilton, we beat them 1-0, the back, someone we all thought was completely frozen out, <laughs> um, Boyata, on on Boyata, there was the, the banner, the Green Brigade had the banner that says uh, Boyata not fit to wear the jersey, and th- there was a lot of booze coming for the Green Brigade, um, and then there was a lot of claps coming from other areas of the fans, which I, th- I mean, my personal feelings as it is, see if you want to boo Boyata, you're, you're more than welcome to boo the guy, you've paid your money, you can do what you like. I, I didn't boo him because he's out there he's playing for us and I just thought you're best not to say nothing for, as for clapping him I, I'm not sure why we're, we're clapping him I mean he, the, the facts are there he did down tools he did abandon the team he did look after himself and not, not the rest of the squad you know so I don't think there's any reason to support that sort of behaviour but how do you feel Gilly about the booing and the banner and I think I'm going to be a wee bit hypocritical because the, the banner I agree with and I don't think Beata can disagree with it because it's factual yeah. essentially it's what happened with the booing um, I would I'm, I quite I think at the start his first two touches or whatever if you want to boo him on you go 
But after that, the point's been made. There's no point for the first half hour or the first full 45 minutes booing a guy every time he gets the ball. The point's been made and all you're doing is putting off a guy who's playing for Celtic. Yeah, I think so. I'd agree with that. I'd go along with that, Melly. Yeah, I agree with that. I can understand people booing. It's just, it's just not for me. I'd rather try and get behind the team because teams don't play be- better when they're getting booed, do they? No, no absolutely so. not. And, and it, I mean, it might have been... He looked eager to impress because uh, he came on for me he was my man of the match yep. yeah I could agree with that I thought he was the best uh, player in the park he didn't. didn't have much to do at defence but everything that came absolutely strolled it gobbled it up could have had two yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know That's... scored the one and, and, and could have had two I was actually going to put a bet on him scoring because it's one of those things after hearing I was on the way to the game hearing Peter Hartley score against the Huns in the last minute I was like surely boy out of play and he's going to score but Aye. then I thought if he's going to score it's most likely going to be from a set piece and there's absolutely no chance Celtic are going to do that but we kind of did it was the second phase of a set piece ball comes in and Lustig set, a set and piece goal and a clean sheet aye first and seven first as we it's, all, it's all looking up it's all looking up that's it what does Boyata coming back say to you Gilly about Brendan Rodgers management of the situation do you think it's good management to take a player that had completely turned his back on Celtic put down the tools was they interested in playing do you think it's good management to turn that situation around or do you think it's weakness to not be able to say to that player that's you done forget about it I kind of do think it's weakness because Rodgers has helped Boyata when under the in the Invincible season he was out of the picture and he wasn't playing well and no Celtic fan was saying where's Boyata we could do with him playing or we need him but uh, Rodgers kind of obviously worked with him brought him back and he was a quite an integral part of that, of that team but he's, he's let Brendan Rodgers down with um, his behaviour in the last two weeks when we really needed him to play in games, the European games, and he's um, claimed injury, as we mentioned earlier. He was seen training at Celtic Park with the rest of the players. Everyone assumed that he would be on the plane uh, going to, uh, was it Athens? Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, um, he's not there because of a back injury or, or something else. I think when Brendan Rodgers was asked about it, he was, he was quite indecisive with his answer, which kind of leads you to think that he's alluding to the fact that um, Boyata's just making it up uh, it's weakness but it's needs must yeah yeah. we don't have players and again you have to look at Brendan Rodgers hasn't maybe identified a centre half better than him the board haven't went and got a centre half better than him he said about the two of the three players none of them seem to be a centre half but even if we sign Scott McKenna It'd probably be to partner Boyata if Boyata stayed, but is Boyata going to stay for the week? He, uh, mu- he must be staying. I mean, for me, that means we're not getting a replacement and Boyata staying because I just don't see him bringing Boyata back from the cold to play against Hamilton and then go again. You know, I don't. I just I don't see what how that how that benefits us. Or, I don't know. I just think Boyata's appearance today tells me that he's been brought back from the cold. And he's, he's here to stay till at least January because it makes no sense bringing him to play against Hamilton if he's not going to, you know, if he's not going to play against Rangers, and then Thursday. you and Thursday, then you need someone in there to to prep them for the for the game. It could also be a message to the board saying, look, this is a guy who's essentially wanting away, and I'm I'm needing to play him yeah. because you've not backed me, you've not brought somebody in. What did you make of the the Hamilton game? It was dreadful, absolutely dreadful. Hate being this negative all the time, but I'm not enjoying watching Celtic since the the Rosenberg game, the first half and that was good. The Athens game until we let in that goal, 
since then we haven't put in a decent performance it's all all the words we used when it was Ronnie Dyler turgid pedantic just pedantic. stale pedestrian pedestrian <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 stale. the season was going as we'd hoped up until Athens scored that goal yeah, those yeah. 40 minutes um, against Athens we were destroying him and it could have been 3 or 4 nil at that point so it's Michael Lustig's fault this whole thing is his fault <laughs> well, I think we've nailed it there that's <laughs> it end of pod <laughs> um, Craig, Craig Gordon says something quite interesting during the week he goes we need to start playing like a team again there are people out there just playing for themselves what do you think he meant by that? I think we have lost a bit of our, our style like what are Celtic now when Rodgers first came in it was pressing it was getting goals it was attacking football now it's just a bit disjointed everywhere there doesn't seem to be any fluidity there's no flow to the game the team the formation there certainly the wasn't the same hunger and same no, fight not. to uh, press yeah. uh, high up the park that, that was seen in uh, the start of Rogers' reign that's that's because the team needs refreshed because it's the same players Absolutely. that were here at the yeah. start wasn't it it is I said it earlier one, Ron, uh, one Brendan Rodgers signing playing today five windows that's not good enough we just need to look at the impact uh, Roberts had when he came back last year he might not have played a lot of games but him being there spurred James Forrest on his best season yeah. playing for Celtic James Forrest's best form has been when Patrick Roberts was there yeah. as I said what happens if Forrest gets injured can we rely on Mikey Johnson every week that's not very fair on him why didn't, why didn't the champ start They've probably just rested. He's, he's not been on great form, has he? No, he, he scored a nice goal the other night, but his passing was, wasn't up to his usual standards. No, it was not. I, get, I think as well, he was looking ahead, and he's and Cham's played quite a lot of games so far this season, so he's maybe thinking with the Rangers game ahead to keep him fresh, because a bit like Dembele, he's a big game player, so when it comes to Rangers, I don't have much fear against Rangers that these guys will play well it's against um, what's the Dover and Hamilton at home that I think they struggle to get themselves up for we, we did struggle to get it we did struggle today we do look like a team that's a bit out of ideas the guys that usually come up with these ideas I think we touched on it earlier on Tom Rogic isn't he really isn't he sparkling the way he should McGregor there's, there is a general malaise in the team and I think it is it is solved by bringing in competition bringing in fresh blood bringing in new players Um but we've got the Huns coming on Sunday. Best thing for us, I think. Good point. Tell us why you think that. I just think we really need this uh, big game where all the players are in it together and we're up for it. And we've got a challenge there. People might say that it's Rangers and they're crap and they're terrible. But they're the best they've been for a few years. And you just need to look at their, their form um, since Gerrard's come in. Now, yes, they had to drop points today, which is excellent, but they're a different animal to what they were last year. They probably get beat 3-0 if they played Motherwell this time mm. last year. Um, so I just think with uh, Dembele and Cham, Tierney, Brown, everyone up for it, we'll, we'll get far more out of them against Rangers than we would have like, a game at Hamilton today. Melly, how do you feel about the arrival of Rangers? Uh, I'm actually looking forward to the game. It's to do with first, hopefully playing sailing there. It'll depend on any injuries or anything like that, but we should be able to go out and it's time like Brendan Rodgers' first season. We might even have new players in by then, yeah. by the way. Uh, he said we want to lay down a marker and that's what they'll want to do again. This is Gerard coming to Celtic Park. We want to show them who is top dogs. We did this last season. We dropped points in a lot of games we shouldn't have, but we turned up for the big ones. I don't think we can afford to do that this year because Rangers will be better this year and the gap will 
well, the gap wasn't that big last year in terms of points, yeah. but in terms of performances, it was. So there's there's been there's been so much talk about Rangers in the past couple of weeks, and I've just been sort of sitting absorbing it, and it's the same old story. Rangers are looking great. Or every player they signed is looking terrific. You know, why can't Celtic go out and sign the players? Rangers, I say, Rangers are better. It's true, they are better. But they couldn't have been much worse than last yeah, season. Exactly. They, they, they've started from a very low base. They've beaten nobody. Like the teams Rangers have taken points off and, and then beaten in Europe are absolute nobodies. They go away to Aberdeen, they draw. They go away to Motherwell today, they ship three goals. You know, everyone's talking about like that Connor Goldson that Rangers got, and we even spoke about the left back they signed. What's pretty evident to me is, you know, Celtic probably could have got these guys if they wanted them. Celtic don't want players of that quality and I think that's the reason Rangers are doing so much business because we don't want the guys they've got and that Rangers are better but but I think that they're still they're still a bit off of us because they've they've beaten everybody and it's all it's it's like we were talking about the press lover story the story this summer is Celtic in turmoil Celtic are struggling Rangers are flying but see when the facts bear out look at the table look at the table today you know Rangers have won played three league games and won one yep they do look better there's no doubt in that I think their defence has showed up midfield they look really weak but I, I just think if Scott Brown and, and Cham are on form next week they could run right in that midfield that is your area good on the ball but if you're having him and Ryan Jack sitting there that's that's a really poor midfield for me especially with Gerard being a midfielder I thought it was somewhere he might have addressed but we should beat them we should be able to go out there and put in a performance we know we can it's just having to go with the same players again. But these guys beat Rangers. They know how to beat Rangers. They know how to turn up. I would rather go into this. I would rather go into an old firm game with Forrest, Tierney, McGregor, Rogic, Brown. They've been there, done it. Than a, than a, than McGinn and a couple of new guys that have got they've got it all to prove. Look, yeah, definitely. Um, these guys have done it before, and there's no reason to say they won't do it again next week. This this time next week we could have. We beat Hamilton the day, we could beat Sudova on Thursday, and we could beat Rangers, and we could. We're only what maybe two, or three players away from having a really good team again. We are two. So we, two it's only two. We only need a centre half and a midfielder or a winger. Take your pick. It depends how Arzani turns out. You know, there's there's a good to have a right back as well, but we are we're not that far away from being a good team. That's why it's been so frustrating this summer because all it would have taken was three or four players. Replace the two that left, get in two other players, and that was it. You'd be flying. If you had got that right back in John McGinn at the start of the summer, you're not in these problems. Hopefully this time next week, there'll be negative Nancy will be gone, and it'll be positive <laughs> Pete will be back, and I'll be happy again. We've pumped the Huns. Thankfully, we've still got time to get those players in, because I think it, this could be really a defining week in our season. I think yeah, we right. get, get two quality players in, like Jamie said. Rangers have went for quantity. We get two quality in and it turns the whole squad around, gives them a new challenge, freshens the place up, and the ho- the fans as well, the atmosphere's not been great recently, no, because it it's just, I'm it's not- spilling over from the discontent that you hear from Brendan Rodgers, and you hear different things come from the players, like Gordon, talking about um, people playing their own game and things like that, so we need to really start uh, pulling everything together, and getting a few players in, and just getting the, the feel-good factor about the place, just in time for next Sunday would I'm, be perfect. Imagine the lift that whole team would get by going out and getting a, a name I'm not saying spending a fortune but going out and getting someone the players see the guy coming in they go 
fine fucking we mean business again this yeah. season and the crowd and the uh-huh. fans you need something to excite you every fan loves a signing yeah. it's just yeah, one of the things to lift you and when the fans aren't happy with the board and how they're conducting themselves right now it spills on the team because they get frustrated at the players on the pitch as well but do you not think maybe do you not think fans are a fickle bunch you know like okay we didn't make it into Europe that happens do you think maybe the fans could deal with that if Brendan Rodgers wasn't in the press moaning every week because see if Brendan Rodgers came out and done a United front with the board and went look these things happen we didn't get into Europe we're struggling we're trying to get guys in we missed we were unlucky in a few targets but we're working really hard to get more guys in you know I expect fresh faces by the end of the week see if there was that United front would you not think things would be lifted a wee bit I think personally I think Brendan Rodgers has maybe made his point he made his point a couple of weeks ago when he said he didn't get the players he wanted back John McGinn but that was three weeks ago he doesn't need to keep telling the same yeah, story now I'm with you there I think that's a good point he's had to say once from then on it's a United front we're all together mm-hmm. and keep it all in house him and Lawl they've always had a good relationship from what it seems so for him to come out and say that he must be like beyond frustrated because but as he needs to take some of the responsibility on himself a bit as you need said, to like also kind of play the game be cute have your, be upset well all well but don't let the media and don't let the Huns know what's going on uh, that, that's fair enough but could all be a massive ruse right enough if everything could be rosy and Rangers come in the, and think we're done what we said about the Athens game all it would have taken is one or two players and we would be through a, to a very winnable tie against the video tone I mean you couldn't get a much better draw than that all that we had to do was go through against Athens all it would have taken was one or two players are you telling me if we didn't get that right back and we didn't get John McGinn that we wouldn't be through chances are we would I think we would but we I was talking to my mates after the Athens game and we, what we were saying was if even if going up to the Athens game and you, in the home game you get a text saying that's McGinn signed the place would have been buzzing yeah. we played them at half time I'd imagine we'd have won that game 2 or 3-0 because yeah. the, the crowd that night as well was a wee bit like you were waiting for something to go wrong because you'd heard McGinn was down at Villa and essentially it was announced he'd signed as I was kind of standing the teams yeah. were getting read out and you're like well that's McGinn going so there's a kind of a downer on the place already thankfully the players turned up for the first 40 minutes and played really well then they've scored just before half time and from then on it was on a bit like kind of on eggshells oh, look, Celtic only a million miles away from being we're still better than Rangers as it stands I firmly believe that now whether or not that means we're going to win the game at the weekend that remains to be seen but Celtic are no million miles away from being a top class team again like you said Melly two players for me will do it and then just think two wins you know what I mean get past the Duva get into the Europa League beat Rangers on Sunday and look then people will start to look at the two seasons like they'll say they'll look at us and go well there's us Celtic beat Rangers drop points against Hearts but that's what happens if they're in the Europa League then you look at Rangers season was that 1-1 one, one out of their first well, it could four be games, one, yeah. games it's a big week for Rangers as well that was three away games they fought at the first hurdle they could go to Russia and they might not go through so if he lose, goes out of that and loses to Celtic next week 1-1-4 one, one out the Europa League and Celtic win get through against Sudova, get a couple of players in and pump them, we're all flying again and it's crisis at Rangers. So. So, sometimes I think people, us as fans, we get caught up in the social media and the old media, but you know, I've been talking to a couple of Rangers fans in my work and that and they, and they say, you know, we're, we're, we're okay, but we're, we're nothing special. You know, the, the, 
you know, people that are watching Rangers at the moment. He must be quite realistic then, because a lot of the ones I'm speaking to are like 55 is coming. And <laughs> you hear that, don't you? I've heard You've been hearing that for years, but if, by all accounts, any whether it's any sort of realistic, they're, they're not saying Celtic are brilliant, but they're saying like the story is Rangers are doing really well, but really well compared to last year. And again, yeah. I've got no confidence in that Rangers defence. That the, look at the defence just shipped three goals against Motherwell that tells its own story unless Ryan Jacks turned into a world beater over his summer holidays uh, I'm not particularly yeah. worried about the centre def- defence and then Morelos is a, is a trumpet that guy you know he misses the easy chances he can't handle the big occasion I'd be more worried if they started Kyle Lafferty against us to be I think, really honest I think they will without a doubt like, well, I think Lafferty in the last two years has scored more against us than Rangers so but he'll, he'll start next week I would put my mortgage on that I think you get 20 goals in 48 games for Hearts it's good going it's, it's not bad a big wank <laughs> it's, it's not a bad return um, on that in fact we don't normally do predictions on the podcast but because it's all for oh pressure oh, 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 I can't oh, oh, nearly, oh, nearly oh, let oh, it slip um, because the Huns are coming up I'm going to ask for a prediction because it is a bit of a it's a big game there's a lot of unknown quantities Gilly um, if you get this to if you get this drastically wrong, that's you bad for the podcast. <laughs> I'll go 3-0 Celtic. 3-0 oh. Celtic, I'd take that. I would take that right now. Melee. 2-1. I'm going to go 4-2 Celtic. Oh, a goal fest. Uh, because is Eddie back? Mm, I don't, I don't know. know. That's been very quiet yeah. on his uh, his injury. Uh, I, I want to see in Champ start. One thing that we should probably address that we should digest during the transfer window chat is in Champ's agent apparently knows and has spoken to Celtic about this Porto. bid that's came in for Porto 13.5 million Celtic said that's not their valuation of the player which isn't no and, uh, and Cham's agent wants it wrapped up whether or not he does is another story but he's one we can't we, we should just be batting them out why is that coming that's alright yeah. that's fine we should be batting these offers right away and Cham's got what two years left in his deal well that was one of the points I made to Three my actually. friends when I was when we were discussing McGinn because I was very much in the McGinn camp and people were saying well you don't need him because he's not going to play in the first 11 and he's not going to strength for the first 11 but when you play 60 games a season you need one 11 players I think Stephen made that point yep. so if you we'd sign McGinn and somebody makes a bid of 13 million for Encham you can say well McGinn could do as a job with Brown so if you want Encham it's 20 million or 22 million you've, you've got a stronger hand to play with. now if someone was to come in with crazy money for Encham you'd probably have to sell him and then you wouldn't have Exactly, but I think that's there. what's happened with Boyata. It's, it's the exact same for Boyata. See if we had replaced, we haven't replaced Armstrong, so therefore we we can't sell on Cham because we need we need two central midfielders and we've already lost the target we wanted. Mm-hmm. But positive positivity, we'll have two in, maybe three by next week. We'll beat Sedova, we'll pump the Huns, put them in a place, and we'll be flying again. That's what it's going to take: beat Sedova, beat Rangers couple of bodies in and everybody will be, be laughing again and uh, that's where we're going to wrap up just want to say thanks to Gilly uh, you can check out his podcast The History Boys it's on everywhere into iTunes and iTunes and all the usual places yeah um, if you want some more of us you can check out our Patreon patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims thanks for listening Imagine 
imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.